You know, sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. You know what I mean? Hello and welcome to Charlie Swan's Toxic Turn-Ons, and thank you so much for tuning in. It's very likely you have either already read or at least heard of the novel we're talking about today. It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover has been dominating media feeds and bestseller lists despite being written over five years ago. This novel is such an interesting gem in the wide world of romantic fiction. Despite presenting itself as another sweet romance, the novel dives pretty vividly into the topic of physical abuse in all of its emotional realities for women. I sit down with a fellow romance lover to chat about our journeys reading the novel and the valuable takeaways we had from it. All that and more now. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yay! I'm so excited to talk about this book. I also feel like I've done a lot of fan fiction because women feel really strongly about fan fiction. Yeah. Because uh, you have to be if you're going to sit down and write 200,000 words that you know you're never going to make a cent off of. Right. Uh, which women do. Um, we've done some fan fiction. We've done like personas. But this is the first time we're sitting down to talk about like a huge novel. Huge novel. This novel's huge. Yeah. This novel sold out at my Barnes & Noble. It is all over TikTok. Colleen Hoover, mm. who has been writing for probably a decade, like she's been around for a while. She blew up on TikTok, which mm -hmm. is another crazy phenomenon that, like, romance novels are so huge on social media now. Is that why you read it originally? That is why I read it, Me yeah. Too. Interesting. Because I couldn't stop seeing the cover everywhere, so I was everywhere. like, I might as well read this book. That stupid little pink cover is just everywhere. It, and it's it makes so much sense once you read the book why that stupid little cover is, is everywhere. It is. I love romance. I read a lot of romance. Do you read a lot of romance? Like, only. Romance. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we're, I really struggle to read anything else. We're honestly. cut from it the same cloth. Hook me, and mm -hmm. I'm like, why do I even bother? Let me just go back to what I know I love. Right? Is it? What do you think it is about romance? I do think the answer is different. I don't think. I think everybody has like a different reason for loving the genre. But what? Like, what do you? What I hooks you? Partially, what it is is that all the recommendations I'm getting from the internet are are romance right now. Okay. And I don't know if it's just my for you page or if it's like, just. Like, you know, I have a Kindle, so, like, on right. Kindle, it's, like, once you read one, they're, like, this is suggested for your next read, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I'm really stuck in the genre. Yeah. But when I try to read other stuff, I'm just, like, not compelled by it. So mm. I go back to it. I think partially it's that, like, the way that romance writers write is so captivating to me because mm -hmm. as a girl trying to date yeah. in 2022, I'm, like, wow, look at this alternate reality where, like, men are cool and nice and like <laughs> want to hang out with girls you know like it's so different from our real life that yeah I think that's why I find it to be so much more captivating than like uh, non-fiction I don't know right like, I love that answer <laughs> yeah well romance is by like twice as popular as the next popular category so romance is the most highest selling like literary genre I didn't know that it makes billions of dollars every year like it is the largest, like, selling written word industry. Is that new? Uh, or it's been true for a while? I it's wonder. actually been true for a long time. Those Harlequin, like, romance things, they've always sort of led the charts, and the next most popular is thrillers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a huge industry. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, part of the reason I want to have these conversations so much is because 
I think the biggest conversation people have around romance is like treating it like it's a little silly. I know. Yeah. And I almost feel a little silly sometimes when people ask like what books I'm reading and I say, I didn't feel that way about It Ends With Us actually. But sometimes I'll read like, I don't know. Have you heard about um, Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score? No. It's like 600 pages of like really just like nonsense. (laughs) And it's so, I thought captivating, but I was a little embarrassed when I was telling people that's what I was reading. In comparison to It Ends With Us, because I think there's so many more layers to Colleen Hoover novels yeah. that other romance novels are lacking, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion. Yeah. Not that I don't enjoy them still. Yeah. It's just she, I think that's why people are so obsessed with her, mm-hmm. because she layers her stories. So much. So much. Yeah. Specifically, It Ends With Us. Right. There's a lot of meaning to them. But I find that interesting. I do think the way that romance authors write is so different mm-hmm from not just like from a genre standpoint because every genre of fiction has like a different style that people try to adhere to but like romance authors I really do think are writing for the female gaze yeah and I just don't think that's something you see translated for you in so many novels yeah and like you said you're like oh my god I get to exist in a world where like men are nice to me yeah so much of reading romance i do think comes from this place of the feminine condition of still being sort of mistreated and and handling a lot of like misogyny and shit every day totally so like there's a lot of feminism to the genre even though it does get criticized quite a bit which is probably why it's criticized so much. Probably, because yeah. Because they hate to let us like something. It's so true. <laughs> and that's also probably why it doesn't get the respect it deserves, you know? Of course. Like, I always say, like, you know, I'm a writer, and I think that from my standpoint, there's not really such thing as good or bad writing. Like, I think it's easy to pick apart somebody's writing as, like, not being one thing or not being the other or not being, like, critically acclaimed novels. But, like, if it's speaking to someone... I don't know. Who cares? Like, then it's it's good in my book. Um, But Colleen Hoover has exploded everywhere. And that's why that's how I found it ends with us. Like I was it it literally sold out at my Barnes and Noble. She sold out a mass market paperback like that's impossible these days. The only other book that I have ever heard sold out at Barnes and Noble is Jeanette McCurdy's new memoir. Right. Yeah. Another for obvious reasons. Everyone's obsessed with that book right now. I've heard it's great. Me too. It yeah. seems a little daunting to read. It um, does. But also, so is It Ends With Us. So right. Which we read that. It's funny because It Ends With Us is very much marketed the, uh, the same way a lot of romance books are. It's like, yeah. oh, it's a romance. It's spicy. It's romantic and dreamy. And it's not. No, I had no idea going in. Honestly, she should have had a trigger warning. I do think at that. At the beginning. Yeah. It was a little irresponsible for not to, but it did come out, I believe, in 2016. Yeah. When we do a little less about trigger warnings. Right. So. It's quite graphic. Yeah. It's a graphic book. So to anybody who hasn't read It Ends With Us, it's marketed just as a love story. A woman meets Prince Charming. He's yeah. Prince Charming. Uh, but then it ends up evolving into this really like layered story about actually being in a situation of domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and it's it comes out of nowhere for the first five chapters you're like oh nothing bad happens for the first five chapters no you know it's like you know she's coming from a funeral there is going to be spoilers in this episode sorry oh yeah she's coming from a funeral sad but like even she says she's not that sad she's not sad about it yeah she's and that is interesting yeah in the beginning it's like okay weird that you don't care yeah 
she's not sad. She randomly meets this guy. He's also in a huff. Like, he's not yes. in a great mood. They right. they meet by chance. Um, and he's perfect. Mm-hmm. The first description of him, you know, you're like, naturally. Of course yeah. you're going to fall in love with this guy. Yeah, and you know from the first page that they're going to fall in love. Yeah, he's hot. He's fit. He looks rich. He's, I think, with the, one of the first things he says is he's a brain surgeon. Right. It's almost comical how much she presents him as Prince Charming. Yeah. So you're really not expecting the conflict in the novel to be all that, like, like special or interesting. Or surrounding him. At all. Like, I really thought her trials and tribulations would be more related to... Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. Or other aspects of her life. Like, yeah. Like, I didn't think it was going to be him. It also... So the novel also bounces back and forth between the journal that she writes when yes. she's a teenager and who she is now as an adult. Yes. Just a woman living in Boston, which is an interesting choice. This, so funny. <laughs> everything about it is so nondescript in the beginning. It honestly made me want to live in Boston. The way they talk You're about kidding. Boston in the story. Like, I've never been... And I was like, I have to go to Boston. It's nothing like how they describe it, how she's described they it. They could have said it in any city. It would have been fine. Yeah, that's true. It's it's nothing yeah. like how she describes it at all. Um, I, I, women love it. Women love, love it. this. You loved it. I loved it. I think I found the past to be more compelling than the present, okay. personally. Right. And... I thought the frame of writing letters to Ellen DeGeneres was so silly. That was so weird. Like, why was it Ellen? I don't know. (laughs) You know, she is a huge icon and, like, obviously was a huge icon on television, like, at the time that Lily was supposed to be a kid. Yeah. But it's not like Lily was gay. Like, (laughs) right. Like, why does Ellen, Ellen? Why does Ellen DeGeneres mean so much to this main character, Lily? So, the whole journal is written to Ellen DeGeneres, which in the first place is strange. It is weird. It's like everything about this novel presents itself as just another romance novel. And underneath it is just all of these really strange choices. And I can't tell if that's Colleen Hoover as a person just writing from her own experience and her own psyche, or if she's really actively like choosing these strange curveballs to throw at you. I feel like it has to be active. Yeah. Just because, <laughs> like, we're even talking about how weird it is. You yeah. Know? So she must have done it on purpose. Yeah. But I don't know. The journals were, like, so fascinating to me. I also mm. think one, once Atlas is introduced into the story right, um, as, like, the homeless student who's going to school with Lily when they're in high school. Yeah. And he's living in the house behind Lily. And she starts to, like, bring him food and clothes right. and, like, care about him. And he's, like, nice to her back. That's when you're like, oh, okay, the conflict must come from this person. Like, this yeah. person must return and, like, cause tr- trouble in her life. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder, I feel like the abuse is revealed, like, between her parents mm-hmm. through the journals. Right? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. So her, Lily, the main character, comes from um, an abusive household. Her father and her mother are mm-hmm. in a very, like, it's severe domestic abuse situation. Um, and the journals are like Atlas is kind of her only friend. Friend. He also she has that fake friend. Yeah. Who's mean about Atlas? Who's mean to her? Yeah. But Atlas also comes from an abusive household, so right. like he understands what she's going through. He is very like he's a sexy character. He is because he literally exists like as a healed like masculine. Like I literally exist. I think he exists because his character. None of these characters are fleshed out all that much. Like no. Lily is, <laughs> but. 
you know, they more sort of exist as chess pieces, I think, to tell the larger story of domestic yeah. abuse. But he is, like, never aggressive. Mm-mm. Never, like, you know, he's just always very calm and gentle and, like, noble. He's, like, a white knight character. Despite his circumstances being horrific. Right. And, like, life-changing. Yeah. He's still, like, the hero in Lily's life, which is so sweet. I know. She's the hero in his life, like, literally keeping him alive when his his house had no heat, the house he was squatting in, like, and letting him stay in her house, like... Brave, girl. Brave of you. (laughs) And there's something touching, I guess, to that connection that it sounds like you sort of were really gripped by. Yes, for sure. And that's why I found the past. I connected so much more. gripping. Yeah. Yeah. Because the present is pretty gnarly. Like, almost, it comes out of nowhere also. Everything's going well with this guy. But, you know, I think that's also an active choice because you, you sort of realize, I think the whole point of the novel is to really take you on a journey of, answering all these questions of why domestic abuse happens Happens. and how and why women can't extricate themselves from it. Like, women are always sort of blamed or even just given the active role of, like, why can't you remove yourself from the situation? Yeah. One day, he just hits her. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. They were a little drunk and he just hits her. Yeah. And she's like, if you do that again, I'm leaving you. And he plays it off as an accident because Mm -hmm. the way that it happens, it, it could have been an accident. Sure. You know? I've never accidentally hit someone no, that hard. never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the way he plays it off, it could be an accident. And she's like, okay, it's an accident. I have trauma around domestic abuse. I might be seeing something that's not there. Yeah. I'll give him another shot. And then by the time she gives him another shot, like, I think they're married. They're married. She's, like, pregnant. Yeah. Like, but she doesn't know she's pregnant. Right. But they're married. They're married. She's like, if you hit me again, I'm yeah. going to leave you. And then goes and marries him. Yeah. Which, and the timeline of their relationship is so quick. It's so quick. And the friendship with his sister just makes things so messy. Right. And then they're all living in the same building, and it's like, girl, you did not set yourself up for success. Exactly. And I don't blame you, because you're blinded by love, and love is extremely blinding. Yeah. And allows you to take behavior that you normally wouldn't allow. Right, which we've all, you know, we've all been there. Of course. And it sounds like you, like, empathized with that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And also, how do you think that his name is pronounced Ryle? I do not say Ryle. What do you say? I say Riley, even Riley. though I, I phonetically, I think at one point she says they, her sister names their kid Riley, so he must be Ryle. Oh, yes, probably. But that's a terrible name and I'm not saying it. It rhymes with Kyle, so I was like, I guess. I'm not doing that. Anyway, the doctor. We'll call the him doctor. the doctor. Um, <laughs> her, her husband. Her husband, the doctor. Yeah. It's like, they're, it, they sort of, the two characters, Atlas and Ryle, they sort of stand in contrast to each other about like this interesting study of like how abuse happens i do think it's even very generous towards men when in this situation yes because like you know ryle comes from a lot of trauma he went through something extremely intensely traumatic as a child and like that's when his sort of uh, anger issues and like violent outbursts began right um And, like, you know, Atlas also goes through something extremely traumatic, but somehow manages to get through it. Yep. Learning the opposite, not to lean into the anger, but to lean away from it. Right. I think that's an interesting contrast, and I think she's really generous generous, generous with Ryle when it comes to, like, why he's doing this awful and terrible thing. And I think it was intentional. It was, yeah. To paint him 
because you do feel empathy for him you at do. moments, yeah. for sure, which is kind of a mind fuck. Like, yeah. And I think she did that in, like, intentionally, for sure, mm-hmm. because you find yourself feeling bad for him, and yeah. you're like, wait, what's wrong with me that like I feel bad for this person who's clearly showing abuse to this the main character whose side I obviously am on right but of course you do because she writes it that way Mm -hmm. so that you're like questioning your own judgment of people yeah and I mean of course you would think why would he you don't have any reason besides when he throws the chair in the very first scene on the roof you have no reason to think that he was going to show her any kind of abuse right and you know he 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 kicks a chair. He he kicks, oh, kicks it, it. Yeah. yeah. He kicks a chair on on and the she's the way they meet is they're on a roof. Um he's clearly like he's had he's just walked away from something upsetting and he kicks a chair and then just goes I think to like smoke a cigarette or something. Right. And she's watching all this without him knowing she's there. I the I can't count the amount of times I've seen a dude haphazardly kick something because he's upset yeah i've known many dudes probably my (laughs) own father has done that in front of me and you know i've never experienced anything like domestic abuse so like that is not it doesn't even come off as which is another interesting like i think it's probably you didn't think anything of that i didn't think anything of that i think it's probably like another active choice of being like you see men exhibit violence all the time and you don't think anything of it yeah all the time because there's a certain level that's like not concerning yeah of people just being like physical mm-hmm. and then and then when he reaches the point where it is concerning she sets her boundary right and then it doesn't happen yeah and then they get married yeah and then it happens again right and that's really when things go to shit mm-hmm. and because... then it just keeps happening it's like yeah it keeps getting more and more intense yes there is drama in the book totally you know it's Huge. almost <laughs> in the first place it sort of seems a little distasteful to add like you know, classic sort of romance fantasy drama to such a serious situation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, there's really explicit sex scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, there's drama of, you know, like, men fighting over you. But I also think there is something kind of radical in doing that. Like, her being like, well, this is a romance story, too. Yeah. Plenty of women every day get involved into situations like this. Literally. I actually feel like it made me think about how common it is and Mm -hmm. how easy it is for people to slip into that and not even know like a relationship can be going perfectly fine and you have no idea Mm -hmm. and then it and then some like small abuse starts to pop up and it's like people like lily deals with it for a little while like Mm -hmm. people deal with it in the beginning like in that encounter when atlas confronts her she like defends ryle and is like it was whoa whoa, you don't know what's going on like it's an accident and that is actually the one moment where I feel like Atlas's, like, hero behavior wavers. Where yeah. he's like, and then he comes and apologizes because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm so sorry. He, he says something along the lines of, like, you're acting like your mother. Like, allowing this right. abuse to happen to you. Which is the one time that Atlas is a dick. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> really mean. Like, said the yeah. meanest thing he could think of. Yeah. Um, out of care for her. But right. also, ouch. Yeah. But that's also, like... I think an interesting thing she's doing, and she's doing so much, it's it's fun to, like, get into what she's doing because the novel's pretty short and, you know, it's a romance. It's easy to dismiss it as the same formulaic thing, but yeah. it's really not. Like, it's not at all. Yeah. So I think something interesting she's doing is she's really putting you, because it's, it's told from Lily's point of view. Right. Yes? So it's, it's um, like, her narrating 
It's yeah. not a, it's not like a third person narrator. Right. Yeah. So I think she's putting you in the situation of being this woman. Yeah. Which a lot of women have not been in the situation of being in like, it sort of forces you to step on the other side of the line that this woman just is forced to consider is like, this is a complicated situation, which most people who have never been in a situation of domestic abuse, you know, at points myself included, are like, it's not complicated. Right. If someone's hurting you, you must extricate yourself. Right. And like, both are kind of true. But it, when Atlas says that thing, like, you're, you're basically allowing this, mm -hmm. like, which is a really, you experience what a shitty thing it is to say that to someone who's yeah. going through this. Yeah, how rude of you. Yeah. Like, especially as someone who saw the abuse she endured, like, mm -hmm. witnessed from her parents. Yeah. And experienced it himself. Mm -hmm. Like, I just felt like that was a really low blow for him. And he comes and apologizes, so obviously yeah. the character Atlas knew that was a low blow, too. Yeah. And out of line for him to say. Right. But it's coming from a place of caring about her and, like, yeah. being concerned for her. And I think she knew that, too. Um, but the thing that you mentioned about the sex scenes and them being, like, so explicit, I feel like that really contributed to us, at times, rooting for their marriage to yeah. work out, Ryle and Lily's marriage. They have so much chemistry. They have so much chemistry. You want them to get together. Like, yeah. you want them to have sex. And, yeah. like, only at the the very end when... Mm -hmm. he, he almost rapes her. Yeah. Are you like, oh my God, I can't believe like I've been rooting, rooting for that. Yeah. And like invested in their sex scenes. Like mm -hmm. it, it's another of those moments where, where you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with me that like I mm -hmm. wanted this to happen. Right. It really puts you in the situation of being a woman in this relationship. Yeah. Which is kind of like in and of itself a, a really important you know, all, all, all stories are important, but this is an important, I think, phenomenon that women are so in love with the story. Yeah. Mo I will say, most of the content I see are women who love Atlas, not of the, course. the man who is abusing her. Um, but I think that another sort of, like, like, uh, like, opportunity that Colleen Hoover gives you is, like, to realize that women are given the responsibility of domestic abuse. It's like, women are inherently just given this responsibility of like because she does it to her mom lily does it to her mom she has she's really angry with her mom for not leaving the abusive marriage she was in yeah and like putting lily through growing up through that yeah and then lily goes through the same thing she's like great now i'm in an abusive marriage and i'm pregnant mm -hmm. what am i going to do about this i don't want to leave my husband we still love each other we still have all this chemistry we have a house together he's the father of my child like everything sort of pushed, you feel like that it would be so much easier for her to just stay put yes. and try to figure it out. That yep. feels like the easier option, even though in most cases from the outside, I think the overwhelming voice that women are presented with is like, you must leave. That is the easiest option. That is the only option. Right. And I do think you do, you do have to leave. You can't stay in a situation where you're in danger, but like it's you sort of get to see the nuance of those feelings yeah. not the outside perspective of you're in harm you must remove yourself from harm but like you get to go through that emotional journey of like but i love him i don't want to leave him i wish we could just get rid of this abuse and keep everything else right and i feel like colleen hoover accomplished something with writing this book that so many people who are on the outside who would like to people talk to like survivors of abuse and be mm -hmm. like or even people going through it like mm -hmm. and I hope that people read this book and honestly feel empowered to leave situations yeah. but I think she accomplished that without blatantly being like get yourself out what are you doing staying in that relationship yeah. like she through 
through seeing Lily's vulnerability and her thought process mm-hmm. and not choosing the easier route, yeah. I think probably, I'm sure, has helped many people I hope so. navigate their own. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it was so smart of her to do it. Obviously, like, her power is writing, so I, yeah. that's how she was going to do it. But I really, it's based on, you probably already know her this. Mother's her mother's Her life. mother and yeah. her father, mm-hmm. yeah, which when I found that out, I was like, wow, no wonder you wrote it so yeah. beautifully. Well, it feels real. <laughs> the emotions, it feels really yeah. real. And that's what I always say, like, makes makes a valuable story is, like, I don't care how it's written. I don't care the words you use. I don't care the structure. You know, all of that stuff helps, but I think that the most important thing is that it's honest. Like, if you're really sharing an honest experience, like, and taking readers on an honest emotional journey, like, it, nothing else really matters. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I do think that's a Hemingway quote, which is <laughs> not the, definitely not the guy to pick talking about, like, the feminist emotional <laughs> abuse story, but that was an accident. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> but no, it's like, you then sort of, as a at the end of it, I was like, well, you know, shit, because now you're realizing, like, everything's always your responsibility in a relationship, it feels like, yeah. for a woman. And she's very, very generous, more generous than she has to be with the men. With When she finds out she's pregnant? Yeah. And then allows Ryle to be involved? Yeah. I was like, you, knowing what you know about yeah. the boundary you're about to set, like, knowing that you're going to leave him. Right are being very generous to allow him to be any part of your pregnancy or yeah. any part of this child's life at all. Like, that was the one part that I was like, I mean, maybe it is realistic. Yeah. Honestly. But she's so emotionally responsible for every single decision. Like, every time, because uh, a lot of times, Ryle, it does seem like he has a bit of a substance abuse problem as well. Yes. Everything, all of his rage, moments of rage, come out when he's drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I think is very realistic. It's very doctors, realistic. Yeah. Especially. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's always stressed and then yeah. he comes home and he drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also like another point of like, this guy on the outside, to the rest of the world, nobody would guess that this guy is right. doing this at home. You know, the things that our society places value and respect on, he has all of them. He has money. He's attractive. He's a doctor. He's educated. Like, nobody would think that he's going home and hitting his wife, I don't think. No. Um, which really says something about like, how we value people in our society. And, like, power dynamics. Yeah. And exactly what we think of as, like, admirable. Right. And how, um, like, the weight of your profession means so much more to the outside world than, like, are you a good person? Right. (laughs) Are you nice to your wife? Yeah. You know, because Atlas comes from a situation of pretty severe poverty. He's Mm -hmm. homeless as a teenager. And, you know, the only way he sort of rises you know through the social ranks is like he joins the military which is right a really really common experience for men my own dad did that mm-hmm. like you know so I do think she's really generous in trying to sort of express the male experience as well in this and you know there's a lot of situations where he goes through you know a lot of times he's after they're having these conversations where she's like you hit me again he's he's crying he's expressing genuine yeah. remorse he's going through this emotional journey too and i think a less generous point of view would be like this is a villain yep. he doesn't have an inner emotional life he's just doing a bad thing he doesn't have any regrets he right. doesn't wish he hadn't done it which she's not doing you know she is trying right. to be generous with and this person and it mirrors her father's response right. to yeah. every time he would abuse her mother afterwards. She even, I think, has a line about how she would look forward to the aftermath right. of when they would get in a huge altercation yeah. because then her dad was super nice for, like, a few weeks and, mm-hmm. like, brought her mom flowers and, like, went yeah. over the top. It was a perfect husband. Perfect husband. And that is, like, 
so normal, I mm-hmm. think, post-abuse. Yeah. And Ryle also, like, his complications of, like, um, he accidentally killed his brother yeah. when he was, like, six years old. Right. Um, yes, tr- extremely traumatic. Yeah. That's horrible. Of course, you live with that weight the rest of your life. Right. Must it result in you hitting your wife? No. no go to therapy. Yeah. Um, Which he's in therapy. He says right. he's been in therapy. Right. And clearly it's not enough. Right. Um, and that's, I think, an interesting point to make about, like, how men are taught and given the example to handle their inner emotional life. Like, a lot of times, like, they're just not given roadblocks, even if they are, they do go through therapy. There's just not a lot of, like, opportunities for, like, men to, like, have this out and talk about it. Yeah. And that sucks. And even as a woman, my first response sometimes is like, oh, boo-hoo, you don't get a chance to talk and I'm getting hit. But like, right. <laughs> but that's, you know, not what Colleen Hoover does. She's like, yeah. well, that's not a productive, that's not a productive conversation to have around this, which I do think is sort of the wide public view on talking about domestic abuse. It's like the woman needs to get out of there and the man is a worthless villain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but these are two people experiencing something very human. And I do think that she dives into that in an interesting way. Yeah. What did you think about, um, her making Lily's best friend her, like, Ryle's sister. I thought that really was an elegant choice because yeah. it, you know, it doesn't seem like Lily has a lot of friends. She's sort of a loner. And then she she meets the sister not knowing that it's, right. you know, Ryle's sister. And they're not even together at that point. Right. You know, she doesn't even know. Um, and then, you know, it's like, I think that adds to the heartbreak when he starts hitting her because yep. it's like everything leading up to that point is idyllic. It's like she's lonely. She gains a family mm-hmm. through this relationship, which I think so many people want, so many women want. It's like yeah. not only does she gain the perfect Prince Charming partner, she gains a sister. Mm-hmm. You know, she her sister. And then like meets the mom. Yeah, like, she yeah. meets, she has a family. And then you know, this wrench, it's a, you know, it really does just feel like a wrench. Like if we could just get rid of that one thing, this would be the perfect story. This would be a happy ending. I did think it was so sweet when, and empowering when the sister was like, if you don't leave him, I won't be your friend anymore. Yeah. Like as, I think it's something like as your friend, I, you can't, I won't stay your friend if you don't leave him. She basically says like, his sister, like, this is hard for me too. Right. Her, she's basically like, I'll cut you off if you don't leave him. Yeah. Like, that's just the truth. And what a girl's girl. What like, a girl's girl. Yeah. What a, what a girl's girl. She's such a good character. I do really like the sister. Yeah. I don't remember her name at the moment. Uh, Alyssa? Alyssa. I believe. Yes. Yeah. And her, like, insignificant husband to the story. Right. Who's also rich and loaded. Yeah. Like, everybody's so everybody's rich. Everyone's so rich. Except Which, for Lily. Starting except, her own flower shop. Oh, starting her own business. <laughs> With no money. We're trying to dive into that romance novels all, and women's romances <laughs> really get criticized as toxic so often. Mm-hmm. Which, like... The relationship that Lily is in is toxic, but she didn't have a choice around that. Yeah. And I think so often, like, we don't have a choice around that. I've been in relationships where you look up, it's been a year, you're fully in love and everything's great, but then you look around a little and you're like, actually, I think that we might have sort of a toxic dynamic going yeah. on. But at that point, like, what do you do, you know? Like, I, every woman's been in that situation, I what think. What do you do? It's so much easier to stay. Right. In what you're comfortable with and what you already know. Yeah. Especially if the passion and chemistry is so strong as Lillian Ryle. Like, without, like you said, without the complications of abuse. They would be perfect. She would never have even considered leaving. Right. And that's what's so weird because you want from the outside to be like, you. of course you should leave. He's mm-hmm. toxic. He's bad for you. Yeah. But, like, he... 
isn't except for this like horrible horrible tendency he has to be abusive like but minus that it's so easy to stay in relationships that you're already one already in yeah and two comfortable with right and then it's also hard we're not taught yeah when we're younger to know like what a toxic relationship looks like Mm -hmm. we're not taught how to navigate your way out of them or how to know like when someone is crossing your boundaries until like you're older and like in therapy yourself and aware of your own boundaries and like how much you can take like your levels of like allowing yourself to be treated a certain way can Mm -hmm. only your emotional intelligence like can only be so high when you're younger and in relationships and like it's so interesting that Lily and Alice's relationship when they were in high school was like so influential on her whole entire life like yeah. moving to Boston in the first place right came from him being moving to yeah Boston. he was there yeah she knew he was there so she went it, you know it's complicated relating to another human being being in any extended relationship is really complicated mm-hmm. that is the reality of real life romance and relating yeah So I think that, like, a lot of times romance novels try to reflect that because, you know, reflecting emotional truth is just how you write a good story. And then I think, you know, there I think there is something toxic to, like, the criticism of women being or liking being in something or liking sort of toxic tropes because it's like. I'm just drawn to experiences, complicated experiences that I've gone through myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I think a lot of women are working something out by reading these stories. Yeah. And I think Colleen Hoover was even working something out by writing it. 100%. Yeah. It seemed very cathartic for her to write. Yeah. So I think, like, there is a toxicity to, like, even, you know, if you're in a relationship with a girlfriend, which I think a lot of girlfriends do, where, like, even something small, like, when a guy is, like, not texting you back or, and, you you know, or you, that back and forth, like, you know, sleeping with your ex, something that doesn't sound like a good Classic. idea. Yeah. <laughs> something that doesn't sound like a good idea on surface level, like, you know, the friend that just dismisses that and, like, don't, don't debase yourself like that, like, don't bring yourself down to that level. It's like, that's not fair. No. Because life is complicated and emotions are complicated. And I think there's a toxicity to not acknowledging that. Absolutely. Or like receiving information from your friend's experiences with judgment. Like that, I, as a much younger person, navigated a relationship so terribly and stayed (laughs) in it for years after it should have been over and like technically was over. That from that experience forward, like I will never, ever ever judge anyone's navigating of their own relationship because you people have to realize things themselves mm-hmm. they have to come to this these decisions on their own over like the timeline over when they feel comfortable ending things and like i i just feel like they she did a great job in this book right showing how empowered lily was at the end yeah and the book could have ended differently it could have ended differently yeah she didn't it didn't honestly realistically have to end that way. Like yeah. she really made it heroic and admirable, but like can you imagine how devastating the ending would have been if like she just had stayed with Ryle? Like it would have felt not like an ending. Yeah. I would have felt like, okay, there's another book coming, which there is another book there coming. It is, but, but it's Atlas's perspective. It's Atlas's books, which is which cute. I can't wait to read. He's noble. He has <laughs> a, like a an extreme nobility to him. Yeah. But yeah, she really is taking you on this journey of like 
it's this is complicated and then you know like you said like I personally went through a relationship that I should have ended sooner but I just couldn't I didn't know how and it didn't it wasn't the time I had to go through that to understand what my limit was and the whole title of the novel it ends with us is sort of that it's sort of a representation of that it's like Lily had seen cycles of abuse ended up in a cycle of abuse and then realized like well I had to go through this to understand like my experience and abuse and also how to end it now Mm -hmm. it ends with us and she's so much more empathetic for her mom yeah once she goes through it herself right and I do feel like it was intentional that she had a baby girl yeah because the she you know she has it's so dramatic she has the child and literally holding her just born child asks her husband for a divorce Mm -hmm. but it does at that moment also makes sense like she didn't have she probably didn't have the courage like in big moments when you're feeling so vulnerable and raw like you know sometimes those are the only times you have the courage to Mm -hmm. admit to someone like it it's over or you know to admit the truth of things and then in that moment like she admits the truth and he understands it he's not angry he does say like please don't leave me but you know once she explains herself he's like I get it. Yeah. And then they end up, like, co-parenting, it seems, pretty happily together. Seems, yeah. I also think it was realistic that, like, once she had the tangible baby in her arms, she was like, I can't put this baby in a position where it could be in the, like, direct line of abuse. Right. The cycle has to end. The cycle has to end. And then, sort of, Ryle realizes that, too. He's like, okay, like, I can't, I can't do this. You also, so Ryle, uh, one of the annoying characteristics of Ryle in the beginning is that he says he never has relationships. Oh my God. And they play that out for so long. too many chapters. And we are like, chapters. we know you're going to get together. Like that I actually found extremely annoying. Yeah. But then you realize at the end, you're like, oh, he never has relationships because he has extreme anger issues. And he shouldn't have relationships. And he shouldn't be in relationships. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably why he has not put himself in that situation before. But it's just a really... I think I think everyone should read it. I think men should read it. Yeah. I think I think women should read it. Yeah. You know? I, I would love to hear a, a man a man's, a man's perspective. perspective. Maybe I'd, I'll yeah. ask. I'll find a man who has yeah. read it or ask a man to read it, and then I will talk to them about it because that would be interesting. I've yet to have a man on the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm really I'm. You know, one I'm, day I I keep saying I feel like men will if they're listening at all, will hate this podcast. But, you know, I'm mostly talking about, I'm talking about the female gaze, you know? This is a space to sort of talk about that experience. And eventually I'll probably bring men into that. But sure, we'll see. If they read enough romance novels, they're allowed to come participate. They're allowed to come participate. (laughs) Somebody read It Ends With Us and DM me. Thank you so much for listening to Charlie Swan's Toxic Turn-Ons. Tune in next week for a really fun and unique Toxic Turn-On. Nicholas Cage in National Treasure. For extended show notes that include reading, watching, and listening recommendations, as well as a related journal prompt, subscribe to my Substack below.